2-1. Welcome to Catfish Weekly, March 30th, 2014. Along with Paul Ragsdale, Chris Wallace, Chuck Davison, I'm Lyle Stokes. Welcome to the show tonight. Um, we have a special guest tonight of Daryl and Jason Massingill. We'll get to them in just a second. Paul has an announcement for some of the uh, giveaways. We'll do that first, and then we'll get right to Daryl and Jason. Paul? All right, guys. This is going to be the last chance that you get to enter. You need to take a picture, put it in front of you like this. Catfishweekly.com on the top, Whiskerware Apparel Quarrel at the bottom, and that picture has to be uploaded to the uh, Catfish Weekly uh, Facebook like page, and that has to be done before the end of the show today. If it's not, then it's too late, and then uh, we'll choose the winner in uh, on the April 6th, I believe. And for April 6th, or April, we'll be giving away Dead Red, so 18 bucks stuff coming. So, well, guys, want to make sure you pay attention to get into the giveaways. And I'll turn it back over while. You want to go ahead and allow them uh, the deadline to be all the way through the 31st, just tomorrow, end of the day tomorrow? No. Just put those pictures in? No. It's got to be in the end of night. By end tonight, okay. All right. Tonight we have the pleasure of one of the hottest teams in competitive catfishing, Daryl and Jason Massengill. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Glad to be here. We, uh, we're going to pass this around and let everybody ask you some questions. The topic tonight is bait presentation, but before we get into that, you know, um, I had the, the pleasure of meeting you guys a few years ago at a couple of tournaments and, and watched you in a uh, a video that you've done with Chris Stout, uh, or Brad Stout, I'm sorry, and uh, you guys are, are been on a roll the last several years, and, and uh, it's amazing that the finishes you all put together, is this is this something you guys have done since you was kids, or, or uh, you just decided one day you wanted to start tournament fishing? Well, we, we fished uh, from... As far back as we remember, but as far as tournament catfishing goes, uh, it was probably 2006 before we ever even knew there was a catfish tournament. Uh, a good friend of ours from uh, Memphis, uh, Matt Bingham, he kind of introduced us to it, and, and we've been running ever since. Well, you, you guys really put a great success story together, and, and uh, uh, I know... I see you at all the big tournaments that we go to, and even you, I see you at some of the smaller tournaments and stuff, and and uh, you guys put a pretty good stringer together last year down at the Monsters of Ohio, and you always do pretty good at the uh, at the other tournaments that you're at. Um, being brothers in a boat, now I've fished my tournaments with my brother a lot, and, and him and I are pretty close, and um you know, once in a while, there's some stuff that goes on there. Do you guys run into that at all or or not? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Not too bad. Uh, <laughs> I think it's uh, it's actually an advantage. Uh, uh, we've had several people ask us, and one guy told us, he said, I know, I know your secret. And he goes, the fact that you're brothers, you can say about anything to each other and not, you know, let it roll off your shoulder. But nothing too bad. Little things, but no, not nothing too bad. We shoot each other straight. I mean, if if I think he's full of it, I tell him you're full of it. And, you know, same way back. But like he said, you know, it's in one ear and out the other, and we move on. That's that's exactly the way it's got to be with any partnership team. I'd have to think. Um, you know, the topic tonight is is bait presentation, and and I'm sure that uh, you guys would agree that uh, fresh bait and and the way you present it to the fish makes a big difference. Is is there anything that, that uh, you could tell us that would help some of the listeners if they was starting out that would uh, be beneficial to them on, on what they do with their bait to catch more fish? Uh, take care of your bait. Uh, um, um, I mean, I, I know that sounds it sounds like common sense, but you know, a lot of guys, whether they're catching shad or bluegill or skipjack or about anything, you know, I've seen them, you know, Throw it right in the bucket and leave it in the bucket. It get hot, you know. We we try to keep our bait, get it on ice as quick as we can. 
Uh, uh, and I know that sounds common sense, but we're running into a lot. Now, now some guys, they like to leave their bait out, and I won't argue that point either because I've had to reach down in our bait bucket and grab pieces of bait that sat there all day, and sometimes they still do just as good. Uh, uh, key is, is is try to fish what bait that the, the, the fish are feeding on at the time, the size of bait. We ran into that in a, a tournament on, uh, I guess, was it Wilson? Wilson. Wilson. And, uh, you know, we always thought big big bait, big fish. And I told Daryl we got to realize that every fish we caught was on about a two-inch two inch piece of bait or less. And I got I usually do live well duty, and I got to notice, and that's what the, the fish were, were, were regurgitating back up was about two-inch shad. And then when we realized that, uh, it's about halfway through the day, we put, started putting on smaller pieces of bait, and it really made a difference. That's great information. We got a uh, Robert Tallman has sent a question in. Uh, which one of you guys are the captain of the boat? <laughs> uh, well, we got the little trick that we do. We we, we take turns. Uh, meaning, usually one of us will drive the boat and look at the depth finder and and uh, pick a spot. And as long as that person that's picking the spot and they, you know, sometimes it's a feel more than it is what you see. And then if, if that person strikes out, then 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 Daryl takes it over, and vice versa. We go back and forth. If whoever got the that's hot it. hand is the captain for the day. <laughs> that's, that sounds like a plan right there. That's great. Um, I'm not going to take up a lot of the time because I know everybody's got some questions they want to ask you, and I'll pass it off to to Chris and let him get started, and he can go ahead with Chuck and Paul. But uh, you know. This is going to be a fun show, and we appreciate you guys being on here with us. Well, we, we, we like doing this kind of stuff. This is fun. All right. I would say uh, on the – you were talking about the smaller chunks of bait. Um, do, do you do that more do – you, do you start gauging that more on a, on a season? Say, for instance, the, the colder weather, you go smaller bait, and, and the warmer weather goes start getting a little bigger, or you really just try to just always fill out the fish and see – you, do you have a good good mixture of sizes out, and then just sort of base it off what's what's getting hit. Yeah, we we fill them out. I mean, there's days that you can't put a piece of bait big enough on, and there's other days, just like in that tournament there, where it was very size specific. So I mean, you know, we bait out first thing in the morning. We we give uh, we we try a little bit of everything, and then pay real close attention to what you know what bites we're getting, what fish we're catching. And then, you know, size-wise, bait, proportion to that. I would say uh, you guys have a pretty good, pretty good successful, I guess, career or, or uh, results. You have a pretty good overall results of uh, tournament fishing. Do you have a recipe that you guys sort of just follow in order for how you go about tackling every single tournament, something that you could share with everybody that might sort of help them in their tournament fishing? Uh, I, I will say this, Jason, you may have to say something else different, but, uh, you know, we fished from Texas to Kentucky to Missouri, you know, all over. And, you know, what tends to work in one spot, you know, Still is common amongst all the spots. I mean, just because you go to a different body of water, don't get so overwhelmed by the new body of water that you forget everything you know. Uh, you know take what you know and, and use it. Uh, you know, rivers versus lakes. I mean, you know, uh, a river is just a moving lake in some respect, and then, you know, same way about a you know a lake is uh, a still river. Uh, the the structure still there. The fish relate to a lot of the same things. So you know, just because you go out there and, and struggle, don't don't let it blow your mind and, and say you got to completely relearn fishing. You know, take what you know and, and what you're confident with and use that to your to your uh, advantage. They, uh, the big thing too is is just keeping a you know a real open mind. Uh, you know, we'll come into a tournament, and the joke I say is, is you know, there's a lot of talk going on before a tournament, and and usually if you fall into that trap, uh, uh, you're going to fish the same way the rest of the field is. Uh, like Daryl said, if you're confident in a certain thing, take that and try to apply it where you're going, because a blue cat's a blue cat, whether he's Texas or 
St. Louis, Indiana, you know, he, he, he acts and behaves the same no matter where he's at. So as you say, we really got to learn the species of fish you're after and, and figure out what they do in different situations. And you start learning that kind of th stuff, you're going you're gonna to know the things to look for when you're on the water. That's right. That's right. So um, I think we had another question. Do you guys use any other um, bait besides fresh bait? Do you ever use any old bait, uh, frozen bait, anything like that? Or are you guys pretty much like if it ain't fresh, you know, we're pretty much not going to do well in this tournament because we don't got any other bait? No. I mean, we, we, we fished frozen bait in tournaments. I mean, we've gone out looking for fresh bait and, and struck out, so to speak. You know, and, and we always we always try to keep us some kind of frozen bait. You know, we ain't going to just give up because we can't find anything fresh. Uh, you know, like Jason said, you know, if, if you're putting up bait for frozen, uh, be sure and get it as quick as you can. You know, if you're going to freeze it, you know, cool it off quick, get it iced down, and, you know, get it in the freezer, and uh, that'll, that'll help the freshness even after you do freeze it. Yeah, frozen bait... You know, a lot of times you, yeah, if it's if it's six month old, year old, two year old froze bait, uh, there's a noticeable difference. But if you can usually fish it the first six months, four months, you it you know it, it it's, it's it's not good stuff. It's still good stuff. You can see we've caught sixty seventy pound fish froze bait. All right, one more question for you from me for now. Um, the psychological part, like I, I don't know. You know, necessarily for the national trails and stuff that you fish, that I would almost guess that there's some of those guys out there because I know we have some in tournaments that I fish. The guys who, what are you doing here, Lyle? Just adjusting. Well, the guys, there's guys out there that that like to play those mind games with you. You know, I mean, sending you the pictures of the fish that they say they caught, they really haven't, or you know, just just telling you where there's great water, great fish, you know, and it really ain't. And you guys do any part of that, or how do you deal with it if you well, do see I, it? I, I'm going to say this. You know, everybody asks us, you know, are you on the fish? Are you on the fish? And and we our story is the same everywhere we go. It's not we're dodging questions. You know, we typically do not fish our spots, try not to fish spots that we're going to fish during tournament a week ahead of time. You know, uh, you know, you hear these people come in and say, oh, I've caught a 70, I've caught an 80, I've caught a 50, I've caught a 40. And we, we're going, yeah, that's a good deal. Yeah, yeah, keep after it, you yeah, know, because come tournament day, there is probably a 99% chance that they're not going to catch any of those fish that they caught the day before. And, you know, we've heard the story over and over. You know, man, I was on them yesterday. They moved out. I don't know what happened. You know, I, I can't understand why I didn't catch them today. So you firmly believe in, in sore lip and the fish, man. You oh, don't yeah, I mean, you know, don't don't go beat yourself. You know, like I said, you know, we've we've tried to tell people this, and you know, some people listen, some people don't. You know, but uh, you know, they you know a big a big blue catfish is is pretty territorial. Uh, you know, I, I, we've heard stories of people catching four or five off one anchor. Now we haven't experienced that in all of our fishing. I mean, we're lucky if we catch two big ones. <laughs> You know, uh, so but if you go out to your hot spot and and the day before tournament catch them all, I said you're not gonna catch them day of tournament. You know, we we hear a lot of stories. You know, the the people you know posting posting pictures and and, and doing all that just to mess with each other, and that's kind of fun. Uh, you know, to to hear that and see that because you know a lot of times they're teasing each other and playing around, but we usually don't get much into that. Uh, uh, you know, I. I kind of think it brings on bad karma, personally. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. they, they, they uh, but now nah, you know you got a lot of guys that'll you hear stories. That they say they try to go sore fish, sore lip other people's fish and stuff. And I, we don't, I, I don't, we're not much into that. You know, if I, if I'm gonna beat somebody, I want to beat them, beat them when they're at their best. You know, uh, so I mean, you know, we, we, we don't turn a turn our ear to what people say. We'll, we'll listen to what they say. And if by chance we go out and our plan belly flops, you know, we just strike smooth out, you know, yeah, we're going to, we're going to go try what we heard, you know, cause there's, there's truth in everybody's story. Some, you know, yeah. everywhere. Just, you know, that's what we've always said, you know, fish smart and, you know, uh, let the rest take care of itself. 
the joke for me and Daryl is, is if you'll honestly tell the truth, you know, we've told oh, we've yeah. told people. Uh, Jeff Dodd gives us a hard time. We'll tell him something the day before a tournament, and then we'll fish that next day. He said, well, that's exactly what you told me you were going to do. You know, and I said, well, Jeff, we didn't lie to you, so I thought you were fibbing to me. So. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm the same way. I, I agree with that. You know, I tell people the truth. I don't I don't get into the mind game very much, but, you know, there are people that do that, and I just, uh, uh, you know, like you, I kind of think that brings on bad karma myself. You know, that's why I'm just like, I ain't doing it. You know, I'll tell you exactly what I plan on doing. Play, play, you know, you know what we decide the day before, or, you know, the week before, whatever, what we're going to do, and you know that's that's what we do that tournament. You know, we don't we don't let somebody else make our mind up or try to, like Jason said, you know, play the mind game with you. You know, we've got our plan, and you know we'll fish that plan for three or four hours or whatever, and if it if it doesn't work out, then we go to Plan B. You know, and until that happens, you know, we're we we stick to our guns. I, there's so many questions I could ask you guys. I, mean, I could sit here for another hour and just keep asking <laughs> questions. But I, I guess one more. Um, is there anywhere that you haven't fished yet that you really want to? Oh, good lord! Uh, James River for sure. Potomac. Um, uh, strangely enough, uh, the, the some of the lakes in Texas. You know, there's a lot of big fish coming out of those. We've been down to Texas, but hadn't been there. I like to go Milford. Uh, yeah, Milford definitely. Red yeah. River. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can go on for hours myself. Quite a few places, huh? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've been fortunate that you know we've been able to go to a lot of a lot of places we wanted to so far, and uh, but like I said, there's there's still always places that uh, we hadn't got to go yet. I I'd love to go fish. In the lower Mississippi River, down around Baton Rouge towards uh, New Orleans, you know, well, we keep on hearing stories about people that fish down there that say that, you know, everybody down there that wants to catch a big fish goes to the Gulf of Mexico, and it's uh, an untapped resource, you know, that uh, there's catfish down there that's as big or, or bigger than what everybody's catching in St. Louis and Memphis and Southeast Missouri. So uh, that's that's uh, definitely on a bucket list there. Yeah, any, anywhere there's catfish and I haven't been, I want to go there someday. So, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of the way I am. Well, I thank you guys. Uh, I'll let uh, Chuck or Paul, whoever wants to go next here, have at you for a little while. All right. Um, there was a couple of tournaments I know y'all were at in Alabama, which um, a lot of people showed up, did a lot of pre-fishing, and when it come down to uh, – you know, paying the entry money and getting at it, a lot of them turned around and went home because one was a a, a big tournament on Logan Martin, uh, which, you know, during the spawn, everybody had the same fishing conditions. A lot, You know, boats, a lot of boats came down to pre-fish that tournament, and on Friday they turned around and went home. Um, and another one uh, was on Wheeler with uh, three-foot swells. I can't remember what y'all came in on that one. Uh, Second place, I believe, uh, with a couple of 60s. Uh, there was three and four foot swells on Friday and Saturday. Uh, a lot of people was pre-fishing on Thursday, big swells on Friday, big swells, couldn't stay on the fish, couldn't find them. They turned around and went home. A handful of, uh, full of people paid the entry and fished it anyway. Uh, do y'all see where they should be anything in the rules to where uh, – they should have a commitment to where when they show up, start pre-fishing, uh, they should be committed on paying their entry ahead of time where they're going to uh, fish that tournament. I, I can kind of see that as long as it's, you know, safety's not a factor. You know, if, if you know, the other, the, the tournament on Wheeler, that was, that was a long day because uh, we had water coming over the boat. But yeah, I, I, I kind of know what you're saying. Something else, too, we've noticed, you know, we've had situations where we can get down there a day or two ahead of time, do some looking and not catch fish, and, you know, sometimes they just don't bite, and they won't bite for two or three days, and Daryl's analogy is, is, hey, that's fine if they're not biting the day two days before the time. I, I like it when they don't bite the day or two before. That tells me they're going to bite sooner or later, and when they do, usually they put on feed bags, and it can be amazing. And that's that, the tournament you're talking about at, at Wheeler, I think we won that one. That was the one that, you know, everybody, like you said, the wind, it was tough fishing. Nobody was catching nothing. You know, the wind was tough. 
and uh, yeah, that was the day that we threw back five over sixty. We turned in we turned in our two sixties, but we turned it we threw away five that day that weighed over sixty. Right. And, and was having a really tough time coming into that tournament. Uh, uh, you know that Thursday Friday couldn't hardly catch them, and and we had confidence in where we were fishing, and then luckily the fish bit for us. Uh, I think you know the, you know I think our cat fishermen were our own worst enemy. Uh, mean we'll talk each other out of it, and sometimes I think that's a factor in these where they'll you know they'll talk each other out of it and go home. You know, I mean uh, in in any tournament, I don't care what species you're fishing for, you know, you're gonna have good days and you're gonna have bad days. You know, the fish just bite or that you know some days they bite good and some days they don't bite good. But that's the thing about it is, you know, on the days they don't bite good, they tend to not bite good for everybody. So you're everybody's still on a level playing field. And, you know, just because I didn't catch 100 pounds of fish didn't mean that I, you know, I didn't do any good. You know, if it only takes 30 pounds to win, yeah, it's not as fun that day. But still, you are competing against some of the best out there. And, and those are the days that, you know, I guess the cream rise to the top and, and people that can keep their confidence level up and keep stay focused is the ones that uh, tend to do the best. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean you're the best fisherman. You just got a better game plan. Okay. Um, what would be the uh, perfect tournament structure that you would like to see established in a tournament series to where uh, you had, you know, the same 40 to 50 boats competing uh, monthly uh, with, with a very nice um, classic at the end and uh, what what type of entry fee uh, would you like to see um, you know again with added money from from some good sponsors uh, to see come along in the next four or five years um, that y'all would really like to get in and compete on with you know the with the top people in the United States monthly well, I mean, we're we're just like everybody else that's out here fishing these tournaments. You know, we've got sponsors now. We don't we don't we don't have a sponsor that gives us a dollar. You know, they give us we, we work on product. You know, uh, we put our own bill to these tournaments back and forth, and you know, it to go you know 300 miles away, it gets expensive, and uh, you know. You, you know, in some of these you're hoping just to recoup your expenses. You know, we ain't, we ain't necessarily trying to make a, a dollar at this. I don't know if there's been a whole lot of years that we've made a lot of money. You know, we've, we've paid our way, and, and that's about all we ask of it. Uh, that being said, you know, there can only be one winner, and then you've got your top, you leave four or five that get a, a check at the end of the day. You know, if, if you up the entry fee so high that it's you know taking people's whole summer's worth of savings to just enter one tournament you know it's hard for them to to come back you know every month or or you know come back every year uh so you know we we've we've paid as high as five hundred dollars to enter a tournament you know and we've paid as little as you know forty or fifty dollars uh but you know two hundred dollars you know is pretty standard right now for some of these bigger tournaments and you know that usually gives you a pretty good payout if you know you have you know your 30 or 40 boats that show up uh, you know until I think until we get some big sponsors after contributing money to the payback you know it's going to be real tough to you know get to the point where people can travel all over and you know you know if you don't finish in top five every you know, every other tournament, you know, you're you're going backward as far as the bank account goes, and it, and it makes it tough. I'd I'd like to see, you know, hundred hundred fifty dollar entry fees. You know, you you know, it gets a little bit of more affordable, or more something I've always talked about is is you know if if you've got a big tournament series coming to town, you know, let the guys that want to pay the two fifty or whatever it is enter, but then run you a uh, 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 like a second series, uh, like an amateur division. I know there's, and what I mean by that is, is cut that entry fee down to twenty-five dollars, uh, two-man team. Uh, maybe cut their limit down to fish instead of a five-fish limit. Maybe a two-fish limit, three, because you know they don't have, they may not have the live well set up. Um, 
let them take off after the the big boats take off and then weigh in a little sooner. You know, that tournament series is already in town. They already got the people there. So, you know, and don't let them overlap. And then once you win that junior amateur series, then you can't continue to fish it. I mean, then you got to step up. Uh, and, and, and you'd always have new winners. And the key is, as long as you cash a check, you know, my, my joke is, is, you know, when we have a bunch of money spent and I come home with a, a check. Mama's not near as mad at me if I'm cashing some money instead of no money. So uh, uh, I, that's kind of my my thoughts. That's a, to grow it to grow it up to what we need to be. You know, you're going to have the the involvement, and you know, some of these people can't afford to pay them big dollars. You know, to get in, and I understand that. I mean, it's just the nature of the beat. Exactly. Okay, I got one more question. I'll pass it off. Um, have y'all ever thought about coming out with any of your uh, own uh, name brand signature stuff as rods or something like that? Do y'all think y'all are um, your name is out there good enough where something like that could take off to y'all's advantage on helping make y'all some extra money for um, you know paying entry fees and stuff like that? We've we've thought about it. You know, uh, like I said, we we work full time positions. You know, we're I I, I work. 60 to 80 hours a, a week during the summertime, you know, I don't have the time that I need to devote to, you know, making product or, or something like that. You know, if, if one of these other companies, you know, wanted us to endorse a product, you know, we're, we're all for that. But, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to half heartedly do anything. You know, I, I'm all, I, I want to give it all I've got and you know that I don't, I don't have the time to do it. I mean, and I'm sure Jason feels the same way. Yeah, we've talked about it, and that's the problem is our, our real jobs get in the way for us to really commit to it. And whatever, and we've talked about it, whatever it is that, you know, little things that we do or rigs or, or whatever it may be. Yeah, yeah, we haven't ruled it out. It's just trying to find time to do it. Exactly. Okay, um, I'll pass it off to Paul. Go for it, Paul. Before we get to Paul, do you care if I go ahead and ask a couple of the uh, Catfish Weekly member questions here? Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, the first question we got is, he says, I know y'all travel extensively. Is there any potential for trophy here in our home waters in Arkansas, in the Arkansas River? Do you think they have the habitat for trophy as in 60 plus? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so. Arkansas, you know, the, the joke in Arkansas is if you go cat, or me and Daryl's always said it, if you go catfishing and you don't catch any catfish and then you take your bait home and, and fry up your bait, meaning uh, a lot of people in Arkansas eat any and everything they can catch. Uh, I think if, if there was a little bit of a, a trophy law in Arkansas, it would make a huge impact real fast. But, you know, Greer's Ferry Lake, uh, 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 Bull Shoals, North Fork Lake, you know, you've got people throwing out little noodles and jugs that's pulling in big, big fish. Um, Lake Washita is good. Uh, but Arkansas River, we fished Arkansas River and have caught some 20, 30 pound fish out of it. Um, um, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time on it, but I'd like to uh, because it looks like a really, really good river, uh, kind of down around the Little Rock areas where we fish. But yeah, Arkansas definitely has it. Flathead, unbelievable flathead here in Arkansas. I just don't think that people have the equipment once you get a 60 pound flathead on to, to, to get it in. You know, I just uh, kind of behind the times, uh, at least here. His other question was, uh, do you think weather is a factor on catfishing? Or I would ask also add to that, do you watch barometric pressure or anything like that? Definitely. Definitely. Catfish, uh, and a cold front moves through, and I'm sure you all are the same way. You know, when a cold front moves through, you know, there's there's been times where we just can't get them to bite. You know, I don't know. We in, in a situation like that, we'll go fish for two, three-pound fish. I mean, literally, the big fish get locked jaw. Uh, you know, we've we've been out on pre-fishing trips where we spent 12 hours on a cold front day and got one bite and come back next week and catch 200 and something pounds out of the same exact spots, you know. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, cold fronts, uh Stuff like that, we don't. I, I don't. I don't like them. I mean, east wind. Uh, <laughs> east wind is not my friend. Yeah, east east wind's horrible. And I and if you think about it, you know, if you look at the way the 
the the the reason the east wind is a bad wind it's because you right after, cold front. Right after that front cold front moves through uh, we really don't get down to the actual numbers in the pressures we like to see a consistent pressure uh, but cold front blows through 24 hours for sure it'll shut them down for sure 24 hours uh, uh, so if you're fun fishing yeah and if a cold front blows through on a Friday night you might might do something different on Saturday uh, uh, or at least that's what we do Hook down, go for the shag gut. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, <laughs> down. All right, go ahead, Paul. All right. Well, first I noticed that Lyle's not wearing his Cubs hat, so you're right about that. <laughs> and I'm losing my voice, so I'm not going to get long-winded. Kind of curious what your your personal best are. I don't know. We got separate personal best. We kind of we we we're, we fish as a team, so it's a, the team best, I guess. Uh, that's what's odd. As much fishing as we put in, we hadn't. We don't catch a whole lot of huge fish. I, I say we don't catch a lot. We catch quite a few big fish, but we ain't caught any of them giants that we're looking for. Uh, I think what 77? Se- 77, 80, right in there. Yeah. It's, 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 we just can't get past that 80 mark. He's on. But that, that no definite, no doubt. That made those eighty pounders look, you know, that 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 just hook pop loose or, or whatever, get wrapped up in structure uh, that we just couldn't do nothing with uh, that we know were huge fish. But yeah, about seventy-seven, eighty pounds is our personal best. These guys don't get into into a little bit of a personal competition or anything, or uh, we tease each other, give each other a hard time, uh, make fun of each other. You know, uh, we've had tournaments where. One of us catch every fish the whole day, you know, and, and tease each other. You know, are you going to ask, are you going to fish today? Or, you know, what are you, you, doing? What are you doing over there? You know, uh, uh, whatever you do, do something. You know, just, you know, whatever you got on your hands, wash your hands off because you, you can't catch nothing. Last year, uh, our best tournament we ever had, I guess, was at Crystal City there. We weighed 200 pounds in and literally – had had our five fish we weighed in and and I'd caught every one of them. It, you know, don't know why. You know, they bit my hook more than his. But you know, at that point in time, I told him, I said, I'm getting tired over here. You gonna help? And he said, You're doing fine. Just keep up the work. I'll sit back and hold the net. And when you get and when you get big fish on like that, and and, and you so many times, it's. You know the the net man honestly reeling the fish in is the easy part. It's netting those big fish or <laughs> running the trolling motor to keep the fish out. You know out of the other lines or out of the prop or out of the trolling motor. You know that's I, we've got ourselves in a bunch of binds just not paying attention while we're reeling the fish in. Right. Well, I will turn it over to Lyle. Like I said I'm losing my voice, so. All right, Paul. The one thing that, that I wanted to ask you guys. Um, uh, when y'all made the Catfish and Dream team, I mean, I, I got it sitting right here uh, by my desk, and, and I watch it periodically. It's a great DVD. Um, I need you to explain that supercut you was talking about on those shad. You know, I think that would help me personally if I knew how you all done that. All right. The, that's, the, that's, the, that's what he calls the buffalo cut. The buffalo cut. <laughs> um, for those of you guys that buffalo fish, I've got a good friend of mine, him and his dad. Uh, at this time of year, when the buffalo start running, they catch them uh, in nets. And there's a certain cut that you'll do. A lot of people just cut the buffalo ribs out and throw the rest of the fish away because it has bones in it. If you'll take you a, a big shad or a skipjack, the steak itself, all right? And catfish are all about scent. So what you do is, is you go in there and you score that steak about every quarter inch, but don't cut all the way through it. On both sides, so it's just you know, a lot of a lot of thin, thin, thin little steaks, and that's maximum scent out of that one piece. Because otherwise, when you cut a steak, you just have two, the front and the back, that open flesh, and then it's skin. So that's kind of what I do with that little cut there. Daryl hates that cut because uh, sometimes I will say, "Oh yeah, that's what it is," you know, and he just uh, he we argue back and forth because uh, uh, I'm. You know, that's what we did at St. Louis. He was catching them all, and I said, oh, it, it, it's your tail now. He says, why? I said, I'm putting the old buffalo cut on. <laughs> and so we try to have fun. As long you know, as he's cut I, the I noticed you, I tell him lie. Yeah, I noticed you guys talking about Jeff Dodd. We're going to have Jeff on our show here uh, the 6th of April, and Jeff's just a really hoot. And 
Um, another guy we're going to have on is Aaron Wheatley. I know you guys know both of them guys, and, and Brad, Brad Kilpatrick set up to do a show with us. So uh, we've got a lot of great guys coming on. But I think Jeff Jeff will be as much fun as you guys have been, and and in uh, uh, a very knowledgeable and great fisherman. And I know you guys uh, personally know most of, of the, the real characters in the sport. Is there any one of them that sticks out as, as not being so much of a better fisherman, just being the kind of person you like to be around and presents himself in the professional manner that we're looking for in catfishing? Oh, wow. There's a, there's a bunch of them. Um, you know, of course, Jeff. Jeff, he's a big old boy. And, you know, I'm not a big guy, and I always threaten I'm going to whoop him, you know, and he just laughs at Jeff's a great guy. Um, uh, Phil King's a great guy. Um, um, you know, when we kind of first got into this, Phil, you know, he always, you know, when he talked, he had great things to say and, 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 and you know, doesn't get into the squabbles that some people like to get into. And he's always positive. He's, he's, a, he's probably one of the most positive people I've ever met in my life. They, uh, um, you know, and, and I hate to, you know, there's so many, I mean, Matt Bingham. Matt Bingham's a great guy. Thank God he doesn't go hit the tournament trail because oh, yeah. uh, we'd all be in trouble. Um, you know, Chris Stout's a good guy. There, and there's a lot of good guys, and I, and I know we're going to miss some that's going to give us a hard time. But, uh, you know, the, the, the ones that, you know, after the tournament's over, everybody sits and laughs and cuts up and makes fun of each other. And, you know, that's one thing about catfishing. It's, I seem to, you know, we do crappie. I crappie fish some on the side and whatnot. And, bass fish a little bit and you talk about people that's just mad at each other those those guys just get mad at each other and we're cat fishermen it's i don't know a little bit more of a, a camaraderie so to speak because it, we're in the fledgling part of this sport tournament and uh, you know that's what it takes to make this the sport grow i think we, we enjoy well, going right playing whether regardless of what we have you know just uh just the you know if you want to call it fellowship with the other guys you know to compare stories and and have a good time, you know. That's that's you know, that's what we've always told each other. You know, how long are we gonna do this? You know, as, as long as we're having fun, you know, we'll 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 be there year to year to year. One of the things that I noticed about the catfishing uh, people that we deal with, for the most part, you know, everybody likes to win a check once in a while. But if you got the bragging rights over the guy down the road from you, that's about as worth as as much as as the money a lot of times. Especially oh, yeah. if you're talking about guys like Jeff or, or Jason Jackson or Ryan Casey or somebody like that, there's nothing better than to just be able to call them up on the phone and say, "Hey, I, I got you this time." You know, uh, Jeff Jeff Dodd. He, you know, when we first met him, you know, we was actually signing up for a tournament. Had never met the man a day in our life, and he comes up and sticks his finger in my face. He said, "I'm coming for you." <laughs> now you know, when I sit back here, this kind of a man has got his finger in my face, his hands sticking up, standing. I'm like, you know, do I need to run or, or what here? And that's how we met him. That's his. That's his. He, he's a great guy. And you know, he in is. every tournament you go to, he said, "I don't care if I finish second to last, as long as I finish ahead of you two, son of a gun." I can imagine him saying that. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's, and he's the right kind of guy. We we have fished with him, fun fishing, and we fished with him in tournaments. And and uh, you know, like I said, you know, he's he's always got that you know lovable attitude. I guess you want to call it that. Uh, you know, everybody just drawn to him. He he's got a great outlook on everything. He's he's got a young daughter that fishes with him, and she's quite a fisherman herself. And yeah. then he fishes a lot of tournaments with old Swampy. And, oh yeah. Uh, John, John is is quite the fisherman too. So you get them too, and and Sarah in the boat. They're they're a team to deal with every time they roll out. Well, there ain't no doubt. There ain't no doubt. Yeah, and we're in we're in the weigh-in line. You know, we're always looking to see, you know, who's coming. Who who's you know, if we've got a good weight, you know, you're always thinking somebody they're going to knock you off. And and Jeff Dodd is definitely one of them guys to 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 make you worry. Absolutely. We got um. Go ahead. Uh, Another question: A guy wants to know what what's your go-to hook style. You talking about? I, I guess uh, we fish with the the team catfish, you know, double action hook. Uh, we went to that hook. I can't remember how many years it's been, and uh, but we've never looked back. Uh, you know, we had always fished with some kale styles and some circle styles, but 
you know, for whatever reason, that hook there has just been amazing. I don't, I, I, I don't know if I can count on, on one, I probably count on one hand how many fish that we've had that we've lost due to just, you know, the hook failure. Uh, and like I said, we, we typically fish with, the, with the, the ADOT, I guess it is. That that size there, we've caught everything from three pounds to, you know, our biggest fish we ever caught, 77 pounds. Okay. Well, now, are you looking those? I'm sorry. I, I say we we were fishing. You know, a lot of people they give us a hard time. They're like, well, yeah, yeah, you fished that hook. You got that on your shirt. And we were fishing that hook before we even even uh, met Jeff Williams uh, uh, because it's something we believed in. Yeah. Cool. The, um, I, 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 I will say this on that hook there. A lot of people, you know, we hear people say, you know, I ain't never had no luck out of that hook. I ain't never had no luck out of that hook. You know, you got to be very disciplined, I guess, to fish that style of hook. Uh, you know, when you get that bite, you know, relax. You know, don't don't get excited and yank and jerk. You know, let the fish do what he's got to do. And like I said, 95, 99% of the time, you know, he'll hook himself. You know, if you get excited and yank and jerk, you're going to jerk it right out the front of his mouth, especially on big fish. So, you know. Uh, when we're anchor fishing, you know, it's our our rule of thumb is until he's pulling drag, you know, he's he just biting, you know. Uh, let him let let them do the work for you. And all you need to do is just reel him in. Now, with, uh, that was the question I was going to ask. Do you let them load it up? But you kind of covered that. Oh, yeah. You guys used to be pretty much anchor fishermen, and, and now I know that you're doing a lot of drifting. Uh, it, was that a big change for you? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We we literally you know. Bill King come along and and pretty much spanked us around on our home water there a couple of years and we said you know we got to you know th there's something to this we got to figure it out and you know we would take our our anchoring rods and our drifting rods out there fun fishing and we go drift for an hour and we wouldn't catch nothing and I said let's go anchor and we go back to anchor and, and we literally you know had to make a few trips where we didn't take any anchoring rods we just took two rods holding our hands that way we was forced to learn this we actually went and did not have an anchor in the boat yeah we had to leave the anchor at home too. had to leave yeah. anchor at home because <laughs> we were so used to going to that anchor so used to go on that anchor that we made ourselves learn a, a new technique because uh, it and, and 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 that's that's a little rule we still have this rule every time we go fun fishing we try something different every time just something different just off the wall totally different and you'd be surprised what that, you know, uh, uh, dead water, you know, never caught a fish in dead water in this, in this body of water. And all of a sudden, just wear them out, you know. That's, that's good advice for somebody starting out. Do what? I say that's great advice for somebody starting out trying tournament fishing or just going out on a Sunday afternoon to catch a few fish is to try stuff. Maybe that's, that's good advice. Oh yeah, I mean that's, that's, we we live by it. whether it's fish a different kind of a bait or whether it's fish a different style or fish somewhere you've never thought about fishing. You know, we in my my theory, there's you know in any body of water, there's fish everywhere. You just got to be able to present the bait to them in the way they want to eat. So you know, there's a some of these places that we've done really well in. You know, we would have never fished them before. And a lot of other people don't fish them either. So I mean, there's there is little crooks and nannies and pockets out there where you know there's fish to be caught that nobody's ever fished for, and and we've caught some of our better fish there. So you know, always like they say, keep an open mind. You know, don't don't go out there and say there ain't no fish over there. I, you know, like I said, I think there's fish everywhere. You just got to figure out how to get them to bite. I agree. I agree. We got um, another question for for you guys. It says, "What do you guys do for a living outside of the fi outside of fishing?" I am a a road construction quality control manager for a, a local uh, company. Uh, I'm a registered nurse. Uh, worked in intensive care for several years, uh, um, and then cath lab, and then kind of worked my way up to a manager and a few other things. But yeah, I'm a nurse, so. That's the joke people say. So if I get in health problems at a tournament, you gonna help me? I said no. I only work Monday through Friday. So. I got a business proposition for both of you. If you ever so, want to quit your jobs, you know, as manager, I only take what thirty percent. You know, 
But just close your eyes and imagine rentamassingale.com. What's that now? Rentamassingale.com. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. You know, $600 a day. You get one of the Massingale brothers, they come out there fish with you. Many That's days as you good. Uh, I, I, I up on that one. Uh, I gotta tell you, I want in on that action. I, do. <laughs> I really do. And to start with, I want to be the first one to throw out the money to get to go with them. So that, yeah, that right yeah. there would be something. <laughs> Guys, you know, we appreciate you being on the show and and uh, if you'd like to say something about uh, to the to the to the audience or or talk about your sponsors for a little bit before we close out. I'll give you a few minutes here, and, and you can just go to town with that. Uh, we really appreciate you guys being on here. It's been a blast. Uh, I, I'll say to everybody out there that's listening or watching, you know, we are no different than everybody else out there. You know, we don't hold ourselves to these, you know, guys that are, are better than anybody else. We're fishermen just like you are. Uh, you know, if you see us at a tournament, come over, shake our hands, say, introduce yourself. You know, it, it's hard for us to, to you know, chase everybody down. You know, we, we like to talk to these people. You know, we're 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 good old guys, if you want to call it that. You know, uh, don't don't think that we're no we're too good for anybody. Uh, come by, stop, say hi. You know, if you see us on the water, come over, say hi. You know, we're we're, we're we'll share information, whatever. You know. Uh, but uh, as far as our sponsors, I like to thank our our sponsors. Uh, Team Sea Arc, uh, Sea Arc Boats, uh, Team Catfish, uh, Monster Rod Holders, the Tangling with Catfish uh, Rods, uh, Action Outdoors, uh, American Pro Catters, and uh, my wife's own company, Massengale County. They, uh, and like Daryl said, you know, first, first tournament, you know, we ever fished, 16-foot boat, 40-horse motor. Uh, had a, a $79 debt finder on it, um, and we had uh, Rubbermaid totes for a live well uh, and five-gallon buckets and and, and for live well pump for a live well pump. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and here's your here's your pump right here all day. And I, I think we I think we actually finished in the money in our first tournament and said, hey, this is pretty fun. Um, so what I what I mean by that is 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 you know we're we're not any different than anybody else. We, we you know we, we took a what we had that we duck hunted in and, and 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 turned it into a tournament boat and have slowly built our way up. Um, um, you know we don't spend a lot of time sitting out in the motel room talking the night before the tournament because usually we we're going to get a good night's sleep because we don't fish hard all day. They don't they don't mean that we don't like talking to people. It's just we're we're, we're pretty tired and going to go to bed, but. Uh, I appreciate you guys doing this. This is awesome. I'd love to have this back when we first got into the got into the sport. Uh, I think it's 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 what you guys are doing here that's really going to make a difference uh, and get this get these tournaments to where everybody wants them. But most importantly, just get the sport and the conservation side of the sport where everybody wants it to be. Well, the conservation is very important to all of us. Um, I know that Chris and Chuck they spend their time doing that visiting with people about catfish conservation as well as Cindy and I do and uh, uh, we got we got to get some rules and regulations put in some of these states to make that thing work. Um, Chuck, have you got any uh, final comments for tonight? Um, not really. Uh, I just, uh, are y'all going uh, to, talking to Mass and Gales, are y'all planning on fishing uh, any tournaments in Alabama this year? If so, uh, do y'all have any plans so far? There's supposed to be one on Wheeler this fall, is there not? Yes. Uh, I think a, ca there. a Cabela's you know, on Wheeler. Wheeler's a fun place to come to. We'll, we'll definitely go to Wheeler. Uh, I'm trying to think. I don't have the schedule in front of us. Um, sometimes we, we got intentions on making it to most of the tournaments, but work kind of gets in the way every once in a while, messes us up. Uh, but definitely Wheeler. So when when you everybody fix it, come down and fish that place there, I said you know win or lose, uh, or just for fun fishing that place down there just plum amazing. So how how do you like the uh, the Alabama rules with uh, two fish over thirty four and uh, you know three hundred? Does do you think every state ought to go to that, or is that a, a pain in the butt for y'all uh, on that kind of weigh in, or what do y'all really think about the Alabama Tennessee rules on that? I, I, we agree with the rule. I mean, you know, 
the turn, you know, when we go to a tournament, you know, you're just weighing in one weekend, and you know, granted, you know, we could have weighed in some phenomenal weigh-ins down there if it had it not been there, but you know, for the better of the sport, you know, if that rule had not been there, we wouldn't have had the opportunity to even catch fish like that, you know. That's uh, right. Those fish, you know, when them fish get up to that size, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 pounds. You know, those are your breeder fish. Those are the ones that are going to give the genetics to, to the next generation of catfish to grow up to be that size. You know, if, if all you're catching is 25-pound fish and that's all that's there, you know, that's that's genetics. You know, they're, they're predestined to be a 25-pound fish. We start taking all these big 60, 80, 100-pound fish out of the waters, and you know, showing them off and, and and killing them or whatever, you know, you're all you're doing is you're 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 ridden that that genetic source, and you know that that's that's what we want to keep in the in the waters. You know, when we catch a big fish, you know, we don't we don't have a lot of pictures. Of, you know, if we shoot a if we catch a big fish, we take about three seconds to try to get get a picture of it, and he's back in the water, or she's back in the water. You know, we're trying to ensure that fish lives on for another day. You know, uh, you know, it it kind of hurts our feelings to you know see people that drag them around in the back of trucks. And I'm not condemning them by no means. You know, they have every right in the world to do that. You know, they paid their license just like I did. Uh, you know, but uh, you know, for people that you know kind of on the fence, you know, you know, let them go. Though you know, who knows? You may catch them in five years from now as a world record. They, I like the third. I like I like the rule. Uh, that's played to our benefit. It's hurt us sometimes, but it's also played to our benefit. Meaning, there's guys out there that caught really big ones that we were able to beat them because we were able to catch the fish just under the limit. The three other fish, so it kind of uh, brought it kind of evens the playing field for some people. Um, to add on to what Daryl said, there's a biologist here in Arkansas I was talking to. And he said that, you know, the age of the fish, he goes, I've seen a nine-year-old fish weigh nine pounds. He goes, and I've seen a nine-year-old fish weigh 40 pounds. Uh, uh, and, and I think genetics is a bigger component than what a lot of people want to give it credit. Correct. All right, guys, I appreciate y'all being on. All right. Yeah, thank you. Hopefully have y'all on again sometime. Yeah, yeah, invite us back. We're more than happy to come back. We love to, We like to talk fishing. <laughs> That's, that's cool. Uh, Paul, have you got any closing statement to make? I don't know. I just want to thank them for, for coming in today. That was, I guess, focusing problem. But anyway, uh, I appreciate these guys learned a little bit, and and uh, I don't really have anything else to say, but thanks. You're welcome. All right. I've got a couple of things here I'd like to go over with. And I, you know, thank you, Daryl and Jason, for being on the show tonight. First of all, I'd like to thank Catfish and Beauty's website for um, putting up Cindy as their uh, uh, Lady Angler of the Month, or for this. It, it means a lot to these people, uh, not just Cindy and I, but to Chuck and Chris and uh, Bob Rood and John Nordyke and all, and, and Daryl and Jason too. Uh, anybody that that gets a, a little shot in the arm for for doing good uh, things in, in our sport of catfish, and everybody appreciates that. So thank you guys for that. Um, Twisted Cat Outdoors will be holding uh, the next tournament in Maridocia, Illinois, the 19th of April. Um, there is some blue cats over there. Uh, there's some flatheads over there. It's predominantly a channel cat area, and uh, the weigh-in will be really close-knit with, with some of the smaller fish, but they got some really nice channel cats over there. We'd love to see everybody over there. The tournament starts at 7 a.m. Um, we have finished a deal um to have a Jack and Jill tournament June 14th with guaranteed $3,000 first place money. This tournament, you have to have one man, one woman in the boat. You can have three members in the boat uh, in any combination of there, of, as long as there's one man and one woman. Um, this is put on with Twisted Cat Outdoors in conjunction with Mark Twain Casino out of LaGrange, Missouri. It'll be a great show. They're going to have, we're going to have a captain's meeting on Friday night before the tournament. Um, There'll be uh, uh, a barbecue dinner. They're going to give away T-shirts and jackets and hats and a whole bunch of other prizes that, that we don't even uh, have put together yet. So anybody that wants to fish, that's a $100 entry fee tournament. Uh, points will count towards the Twisted Cat Outdoor Tournament Series. And like I say, we're guaranteeing $3,000 to win. So uh, 
uh, it, it's going to be a heck of a deal, and uh, it's a way to get the more women and people into the into our sport. One other thing that I'd like to mention here, uh, well, inside catfishing, uh, Vince Rogers has put together this website and keeps everybody uh, up to speed on tournaments and catfish conservation. Uh, doing an outstanding job to get a chance, stop over there and check out that website. I know he'd appreciate it. He does a really good job with that. There's a benefit tournament that we're putting on for Calvin Myers. Calvin's been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, I think I mentioned this last week. He's 28 years old. Uh, Calvin is an ambassador for catfishing sport. Um, been married to Annie for three years. They're just a great couple with a two-year-old daughter. And um, we're going to have this tournament uh, in Burlington, Iowa. And um, it's going to pay 50% of, of the, the entry money will be paid to Calvin and his family to cut the cost some on their expenses of traveling from north of Quincy, Illinois to to uh, St. Louis Barnes Jewish Hospital down there where he's being treated. Um, this is a very serious thing for a young man that has put a lot into our sport and given a lot. And uh, just a good idea if people will give back to it a little bit and help these guys out because it's... Uh, this, this is a very serious situation. He's got some good news and, and things here in the last few days, but uh, as many people as we can get to show up, there'll be a fish fry afterwards. The fish has been donated, and uh, there'll be – I've got uh, prizes coming in from uh, Tangle with Catfish and, and um, uh, Monster Rod Holders is sending some stuff. Chris Simmons, I received yesterday a box of uh, Starbucks coffee that's been donated that we're going to auction off, and we're going to give away a black horse rod. Um, Cat River Anchors already sent us two of their anchors to give away, and, and all this stuff will be auctioned or raffled off um, and with all proceeds being given to, to Calvin and Annie. So if you guys could make it, it's uh, May 31st. The tournament will start at 730 in the morning. Chris? Uh, again, I do want to, like everybody else, want to thank the Massengo brothers for coming on tonight. Uh, from talking with you guys, I, I can't tell you're real down-to-earth uh, Regular guys, and I appreciate, again, you guys coming on the show for yeah, us. Um, we had, had a good time. But like I said, you know, myself and even some of the guys in the chat on catfishweekly.com were, were saying, you know, we could ask you a million questions. So I'm sure that if you guys will be on, we'll have you on again. Uh, so, uh, And also with uh, your sponsor team, Catfish, Jeff Williams, he's a really good guy. He's also going to be a sponsor for our next month's uh, prize packs that we're giving away with the Dead Red blood spray. Uh, I've talked with Jeff Williams quite a few times and the guy is just absolutely 100% genuine, you know, good guy. So definitely I, I like the, the team catfish hooks as well. You know, they're the double actions. I've actually used those quite a bit myself. They're good hooks. Um, the other products that he has, they're all really good as well. But um, besides that, I'll, I'll just go into the uh, you know, as I say at the end of every show, you know, every person on the show has their individual sponsors. The show itself is not sponsored by any company or product. We're not biased towards anything. We're 100% uh, for the sport of catfishing. So we're just out here to help spread information, talk conservation, everything to do with, with just uh, pushing catfishing into the future and making it the best sport we can. So I believe I'm done, and, I, and back to you, Lyle. Well, that'll close out our show, and uh, thank everybody for watching tonight. You can check us out and watch the show anytime on YouTube. Uh, just go to Catfish Weekly on the YouTube link, and uh, the shows will pop up, and you can watch. This will be episode, uh, what, 13? And yeah. uh, watch. One watch more us. thing. Okay. One more thing I forgot. Unitedforcatfish.com. The uh, United for Catfish Project. Uh, myself, Aaron Wheatley, Lyle. Uh, Brad Kilpatrick, um, Jeremy Gregg, there's there's many, many guys who all are what we're doing coming together, creating a place for conservation efforts to be centralized in one spot for us all to be able to share information, share resources, mm. uh, share funding. I mean, pretty much just a, it's real hard for individual states to get enough support to really get some change done sometimes and also even to get the monetary support needed to do some certain things that need to be done. So uh, with this project, we're we're get, we're getting everything united into one centralized hub to where everybody can work together. 
uh, for many different things. There's going to be a round table of leaders for every state where, we'll, where they'll all be talking together, hopefully be talking with DNR and other uh, officials. So uh, there's a Kickstarter project going on right now. If, if you're not friends with me on Facebook, Chris Wallace or FUD goes catfishing, um, you can you can I'll put a link up on the video the for this video on uh, the catfishweekly.com website. That'll be a link to the Kickstarter campaign. Uh, we're raising funds just to help get the software started, get all the everything that needs to be done to get it going and running, and then after that's all. Uh, paid for it's just going into the general fund everything beyond what we need to get going so the general fund needs to be funded as uh, as much as possible for a long time if if, uh, if you could do that we'd appreciate it and and the, and the donations are anywhere from ten dollars to a hundred dollars so I'm done now okay Paul you gonna sign us off all right, we'll talk to you all later. Thanks for stopping by. And until next week, we'll see you then.